Welcome to the Self-Subscribed Podcast. Welcome back to Self-Subscribed, my friends. I hope you had an amazing week and are loving life right now. Tonight, I have another guest with me. If you are familiar with the EDM music scene, you will recognize the name Zach Gray, maybe from things such as this. Or what about this one? Or my personal favorite. Wish you didn't get so low. Wish I could have left you on my own. Hi, Zach. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I am good. So I have to start off and tell you that I don't think that Spotify's numbers are accurate because um, you came in at my number two artist, and I don't know how that's possible. My Seven Lions was number one. Weird, okay. right? <laughs> but that's not accurate for me. It's just very strange. So... I don't think the numbers are right. So well, dang, be by seven lines. You know, if someone <laughs> was going to beat me, I'm I'm okay with it being seven lines. Um, you know, it's interesting. I thought about the Spotify numbers. If maybe you just left your phone playing or something, but um, whether I was number one or not, I appreciate you. I'm I'm glad that. Um, and yeah, honestly, I know you have questions, but I am curious how you discovered me before we've, you know, we've communicated in the last couple months. Like I'm, I'm curious, like how you discovered me at the beginning. Yeah. So, um, I was, <laughs> as actually super funny. I was on my way to Aspen to a seven lions show. <laughs> so, okay. Maybe, okay. maybe they're my number one. Um, and a friend of mine texted me and he was like, Hey, listen to this song and just tell me what you think. I was like, okay, fine. And it was never get like you. And so I listened to it and I text him back and I'm like, Mike, this song is amazing. Who is this guy? And he's like, well, what do you think of the song? I'm like, there's so much emotion to it. It's, it's just incredible. So that's the conversation that we had. And that's how I found out who you were. Yo, shout out to Mike. <laughs> shout out to Mike um that's cool someone just randomly just sent you my song and yes. said what do you think about this yes but we, we both that's had the cool. same thing that it was like you could hear so much emotion in the song and so yeah. i think that was your first that was your ep right was that yeah that was that was the ep that i put out with lost and dreams in 22 okay so those yeah. are my favorites out of everything you've done, like those are all my favorite songs. Okay. Now you have. Yeah, those are good. That's, those are good. That's technically, 
that's technically like my my debut as like hi i'm zach i'm a dj okay well good job right so was that (laughs) thanks was that um before or after all the collabs Um, well, it was more after, but I mean, my last song that I did before I kind of stopped everything was still a collab. So it was still in between, but it was more towards the end half of them. I mean, that, that EP was kind of my, well, it was kind of two things. It was one, I wanted to put out more original music that wasn't collabs. And two, in order for me to like play live as you know, Zach, the guy in the EDM space, I had to have music that was in that genre that didn't have anyone else on it. Because up until that point, when your name comes second and you're the singer, most people don't think that you're also a producer. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're just somebody that they've maybe hand selected for this song. Yeah. Or I'm just, you know, just plainly the singer. Right. No, we're not playing these things. I don't look at any song and be like, well, that's just the singer. If there's a song that well, I like, saying, like, but I don't like the, the vocals. Hmm. Yeah. Well, but I'm just saying in the EDM space, in terms of like live, um, you know, to me, the only singer who really has like shows as a live, like she's just a singer is Halion. Oh, yeah. And you know what I mean? Like she just has, you know, someone DJ while she sings all her songs. And because I wasn't at that level, the only way for me to kind of be like, Hey, I'm not just a singer. Cause some people, some singers in the EDM space are just singers. They don't perform. Sometimes they perform with the DJ, but Mm -hmm. they don't have their own sets. Right. Right. And because I've been performing in bands and, you know, I DJ and produce, like I had to have that thing that said, like, I'm the producer too, you know? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. no, I get that. Um, Yeah. Who did, John Summit just had within this summer. Was it Hala? Is that her name? She's done like Escape and a bunch of really big songs. I feel like what she kind of does her own thing. That's it. That song? Yeah. Um what wait, what's the question? I know that song. What was the question again? Who sings it? Because she just did that um with John Summit over the summer. There was a huge song that came out. Isn't her name Hala? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. I can't either. We'll say that's her okay. name. That's Shout funny. out to the escape girl. <laughs> Shout out to her. Uh, that's yeah. so funny. Okay. So real life stuff. Um, yes. You have taken a break from producing. Yes. yes. And you're doing your own thing. And you're, yes. lo- you're loving it, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. It is bringing you joy to your life because you are the one making the calls. Yes. <laughs> Good. Okay. So if so I, there, there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot. I know there's a lot to unpack there. We're going to touch on like some of that. Um, but mostly I want to know who you are because if I was going into the music industry, there's a lot of people who I can pick to help me, who I would want to mentor me, who I'd want to teach me. Why would somebody choose you? That's a great question. Well, I think the first reason someone would choose me is one, just based on my catalog of music. Um, 
you know, over 100 million streams worldwide on all the music that I've made as Zach Gray. Um, I think someone that's not just a producer, but is also a singer songwriter. And I think that's where I have a lot of, like, I really don't have competition in terms of that. Like, there's a lot of people who can teach you how to produce. There's a lot of people who can teach you how to DJ. But, um, and I know that there's a bunch of programs, like there's Icon Collective and there's a bunch of different kind of like music colleges. But in terms of the EDM space, which is what I'm primarily focused on in terms of what you're referencing, um, there's not a lot of people who have that kind of full scope of creating a song from production to songwriting to melody writing to that whole thing. Um, and that's, I guess, kind of like the technical, logical resume part of why you would work with me. But I think the reason why I know that a lot of artists work with me or, or join my masterclass is one, I'm kind of the only one offering what I'm offering. I don't just work with the music side of things. I really focus on the brand side of things and especially the content side of things because you're very full spectrum. Yeah, I would say I'm full spectrum because a lot of artists make good music. I think the thing that a lot of them are missing is really figuring out what their brand is, like who they are as a person, like who authentically really are they? And then most importantly, how do you market and make content to promote yourself accordingly? I think that's really the key that a lot of artists are are missing. And I think the last kind of thing is I'm not telling everyone to do the standard things that everyone else is. I am really about independence. And I also am probably one of the only people, especially in this industry, that's willing to say what's real, willing to say um, you know, what's wrong with the industry. And I think the final thing to kind of put a cherry on top is I'm an artist. You know, I lost my love for music because of a lot of things um, and a lot of things in the industry. And so you know, I'm not really just like a teacher or a coach, like I am an artist. And so my perspective from 20 years in music is being an artist. So when I'm giving someone advice or I'm talking about some something in particular, I have that experience to back it up. You know, I'm not just like a manager or label or, you know, someone else in the industry just speaking what they think is right. It's like, you know, those people might think they know what's up, but if you're not an artist and you don't know what it's actually like to be an artist, how can you really give someone advice? You know, I, I, I relate it to, which is the first kind of things that I promoted when I started the business was, you know, a boxer needs a coach and imagine having like a boxing coach who never got in a fight ever in his life, or imagine having like a sports coach who never played the game or, right. you know, imagine having business mentorship from someone that, you know, has never sold anything. And so that's, a big part of the problem I see in the music industry, especially from the support realm of what an artist thinks that they need, most of these people are not artists. And I think that's why we have a lot of artists, you know, regardless of genre, really get disenfranchised is because, dude, they just don't get the support that they actually need. And there's a big battle between music business and the creative side. And if you don't have a support around you from someone who understands what it's like to actually be a creative, I think that's why we see a lot of people burn out. That's why we see people 
give up. And the worst case scenario, I think that's why we've even seen people take their own life because as soon as they got into the industry and many things probably that have, you know, really destroyed other people I've gone through, whether that's signing to a label and then getting dropped and losing a bunch of songs that's happened to me multiple times. Um, and, and people at different situations in their life, you know, probably took that and it ruined their whole life, or maybe they took their own life. And so, right. um, I just think that artists and creative people are very special and they're not really cared about. And I think it's because the music business is a business and it is very cutthroat. And, mm -hmm. you know, like there's major labels who are signing 10 artists and maybe one six, and then the other nine get their music shelved and then they're locked in a contract. They lose their music. And then what do you do? Right. They feel stuck. Yeah. So you would disagree with the saying that those who can't do teach. Have you heard that I one love, before? I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, I have. I'm trying to think how to, I'm trying to think how to respond to that. Um, so, well, I, have, I actually have a funnier one. Um, those who can't do music turn into music managers or people at labels. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a personal right? jab at some people. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It is. Um, I'm not saying they're not, there's that, I'm not saying that there aren't good managers out there, but I'm saying that a lot of people who can't do music, but still like music, go into some kind of music business. Right. Um, and there's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of issues with that. Um, but the, but those who can't do teach, I do agree with that in a way, but I also think that the best teachers and coaches actually really did do. And well, I think yeah, those are the only, it. right. Those, yeah. Yeah. Those are the only ones who really, they've lived through it. They understand it. They've been in those situations. They, you know, they've been in the arena, right? They've, they've right. been in that where people are saying you can't do this and they can, and they have that grit and that determination Obviously, you have that, and you want to share that with other people because of your love for the music. Even though you did just say you don't have that love for the music, you don't have the love for maybe producing the music anymore, but you love the music. It's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like I've had people tell me lately, like, oh, dude, I want to be a coach or I want to do what you're doing. And... <laughs> I'm like, not that I'm frustrated by, by when someone says that, but I, I think about it and I go, the only reason I'm here right now being like a quote unquote coach or, um, you know, starting businesses to help artists is because, yeah, I really did lose my love for it. It wasn't like one day I was like, oh, I want to be a, a coach now because I just love music. It was like, I, I went through so many it's crazy. I've talked about this a couple of times lately in other, in other interviews, but like I decided I want to do music at 13 and then got all the way to 33, still never getting to where I thought I wanted to be. And also making a big diversion from the kind of music I wanted to make and now being in the EDM space because I was trying to be a full-time uh, musician after COVID and then got to this point where I was like, dude, this is not even fun anymore. I turned what I really like to do into this. Like now I'm just an EDM top line singer, DJ guy. Um, and then just, you know, dealing with multiple things in the music industry to get to a point where I literally just gave it up. 
and and I've like, you know, I've had a thread of making music since I was, you know, even before 13 and to finally cut that off and to finally say, I'm going to take my value as a person and I'm going to separate that from what I thought I wanted materialistically as like the level of success. Like that was so attached to my value as a person. And I finally just let that go, but not until months later after just letting that go, wanting to just like try to be a pro disc golfer, which is one of my other hobbies going back to being a (laughs) server again, trying other businesses. Did I finally go like out of necessity and out of just like, dude, like you're 33, you're back being a server. You just gave up a career you've been working on for 20 years and then going like, okay, Zach, well, you have all this experience. You see that there's a problem in the music industry and you know what to do to like fix it and kind of like to give the help that you wish you would have had. And that's really, that's really what this is. It's like, everything I'm doing is what I would have wanted five, 10 years ago. Like if I could go back in time to Zach five, 10 years ago and be like, Hey man, like, let me tell you some stuff. You don't have to go through all this stuff. Like, let me actually tell you what you need to focus on or who you need to work with or whatever. So, you know, me having this business now, you know, it's almost like when people um, make, you know, inventors over time, it's like they saw something that they, that didn't exist. And then they're like, well, I'm going to make this right out of just like necessity so i almost felt like this business yeah this business was like yes it was for me to like figure out how i can make money based on what i'm good at and what i know people need help with but it was also out of this necessity of like dude if i have all this this i don't know if it's it's almost like duty and i and i and you know i can i basically call it a purpose perhaps yeah Yes. And I've been calling it like, I've been calling it the setup and I feel like God's setup for my entire life has just been, um, leading me into this. And I think the best things in life, at least for me lately have been something that like I had no plan for, like my plan was to be this big artist and go on tour and do all this stuff. You would have told me five, 10 years ago, like, Oh dude, you're going to quit music and then you're going to be a coach. And then you're going to like do branding now. It's like, I'd be like, what? Like, and that's, that's exactly what I was just going to say was you had this plan for your life. You know, this was like the goal that you had, but perhaps the goal was not your purpose. And all these, um, I don't want to call them failures, right? Because it's not a failure, so to speak, but all these circumstances and these situations that happened was all something so much greater showing you that's not where I want you. I need you over here because I have a bigger plan for you. And it's that act of humbling yourself that, and you know, because of conversations that we've had before, that's hard. It's hard saying, okay, do it. Use me. Take what you want. What, what do you want from me? And I think we're all born and we're given these talents for the greater purpose And so God's not going to give you something that you hate and go, this is your purpose. You know, your job was not to be a a firefighter or whatever. That's just not what you're good at. Your talents lie in something that you have joy in. And when it didn't give you joy, it wasn't the right path. So how would you tell somebody going through 
your masterclass or even even somebody who comes up to you and says, give me a piece of advice when it's not going right for them, but they have such a passion for it. How can they redirect? How can they find what that purpose is or what they're really being called to do? Oh, man. Um, it's so hard to answer that because it was a lot. I know <laughs> I didn't it, dude, that's like a, wow. Um, I, I'm trying to think where to go with that. I think, well, okay. Let's start at the beginning. What, okay. at what point <laughs> we'll break it. Let's, let's break it down. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, I like it. at what point were you like, God is calling me? Did you, okay. No, no. Let's rewind a little bit more. Did you grow yeah. up? religious did you grow up in a faith-based household yeah i had church in my life since i was really young um but i was also like a super troublemaker skater kid you know and so whether i believed that god was real which i did and you know was you know went through being saved and going to church camp and baptized when i was younger um yeah, I was not living like in accordance with what I would say now, which is obedient to what God's plan is for me. Um, and I really, really didn't wake up to, you know, uh, it was going to say in 2021, but what really happened, I was explaining this the other night to someone is I think two things happened. One was just like getting sick of my own crap. Right. And the other was dude, um, the gravity of just what God really wants for you or is, or what it means to actually say, like, I follow Christ. Right. And did you have people how, around you that were like, Hey, maybe you should do something else. No, no, no. Everyone around me would, was fine with who I was. And that's the problem. You know, that problem is like, you know, it's so cliche to just say like, you know, who who's in your circle, right? But most people in this world, like, just want to pull you down to whatever their level is. So all this stuff that I went through when I, uh, I just say, really had my come to Jesus moment, I really woke up where I was just tired of being a hypocrite. I was tired of being a lukewarm Christian. I was tired of like living inside of sin and bondage, knowing that what I was doing was wrong deep in my heart. Um, no, it was no one else. It was like, I mean, it was, it was a specific like video that I watched at the time, which some things that were happening in the world kind of led me to find it, but no, it was no one else. It was me. And, and even this whole last year of this kind of transformation I went through with health and, you know, into this business, it was all me, you know, and even the relationship I was in, it was like, and the friends I had is like, no one was really supportive of what I was doing. Like I, I got to a point where I was like, dude, I was just tired of my own crap, like I said, and I finally was like, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get out of this. And I'm going to be, I'm going to do everything I can to become the man I'm supposed to be. And the other thing to, you know, put in that is I've just never had, I didn't grow up with my dad and I never had anyone to really teach me discipline. And I think that's been my biggest area of, of improvement in my life is, is discipline is doing the things that I know I need to do hard or not to become that person. Um, but no, to answer your question, like it was me, but I do think that God reveals himself and and certain things have to happen 
for you to be like ready to accept, um, you know, the revealing. I've never said that, but actually that's a, that's actually a cool thought. But um, yeah, because I, I was talking to, I was at a men's group thing last night and just talking about, you know, people say like, oh, I had to come to Jesus moment or like, you know, I gave my life to God and that's, that's great. But I don't think that's what's actually really happening. Um, most of the time, I think what's actually happening is there's a certain point in your life where you see God working and he reveals himself to you. And then you go, oh, wow. Right. And I think that's way more of the case than like, oh, I just one day chose like, oh, like I'm going to like do this or I believe in God now. It's right. like something has to happen and God has to like reveal himself to you um, for that um, for that to really happen. And I, and I don't know if that happens for everybody. And so it's kind of an interesting thing to to ponder is, does God reveal himself to everybody? And I don't think actually he does. And so, you know, take that for what you will. But, you know, it says we are God's chosen people. So and I don't think you I think you can you can discover that and you can you can you can find God. But I don't know. I, it's like that's like a you know, that's like a, a that's question. That's a very for, deep theological question. Of yeah. God so it's like himself. a lot of people can argue that can argue that. But I, I don't know if God reveals himself to everybody. I would say know? a lot of people feel that God reveals himself to them um, because of um, emotions. You know, if you go to church and you're doing the singing and your praise and worship and you're having your hands in the air and that's emotions. Maybe you feel God's presence. Maybe it's just emotional, you know, and, and so we're like, Oh, that was God. Well, no, the lights were down low and the song was really, you were feeling it. And, you know, when people, I think, accept Christ into their life, that you have emotions around that. But when God calls you to do something and he challenges you, it's not ever rosy. It's always going to be hard. And I think that's like where the growth comes in. And that's where people skip out, right? That's where we lose the weak people. And that's where, yeah, you know, there's this thing I, I saw it recently online and people were talking about boundaries and how, you know, boundaries is like a trigger word now, like a narcissist, like anything else on the internet. It's a, it's a popular word. And I agree that we should all have boundaries and things set into place. But now it's like you say something offensive to somebody and, oh, you can't say that to me. I'm out. You know, and this, this girl was talking about how people want God in their lives and they want to be challenged and then something happens in their life and they're like, Oh, I can't do that. My boundaries (laughs) don't allow for this. I don't want to do that. It's not hard. It's uncomfortable. It's whatever. And so we restrict ourselves unknowingly. Whereas I think God could have revealed himself to a lot more people. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing I was thinking as you, you said that was there's some some video where it's like, you know, I asked for strength and God gave me like, you know, a situation mm-hmm. that was hard. Right. And so it's interesting. Um, I feel that. Um, yeah, I think we can all agree that no matter where you stand on religion or faith-based principles or anything like that, everyone can agree that you don't change unless you're challenged. You know, that's, that's truly where the self growth comes into place is 
when you put yourself in these situations or you're put in these situations of where you can't be who you were before. The past you doesn't exist. And future you is like, get your ass in gear, you know, get, get your shit together, get whatever, because somebody or something is counting on you. And to me, looking at, you know, your situation, that's kind of what you did. You said to your past self, I don't need you anymore. This isn't working out for me. I've got a whole future ahead of me. I'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think for a lot of people, the scariest place to be is where a lot of people are, which is this level where you don't have anything bad enough happen to you that you're forced to change because people only change for one reason. It's because they want to. And so you're either forced to change, which is something so it's, so it's like, you know, someone who's super unhealthy and overweight, like has a heart attack and a stroke. And it's like, if you don't eat better now, like you're going to die. Right. So they are forced to change. Right. Um, and that for the most part, and there's even tons of success stories of entrepreneurs or business people or, or whoever, where a huge part of their story was there was this rock bottom, all the money was gone or something terrible happened that like yes. forced them to take so action, many. Right. Yeah. And then the other way is just one day you just decide fully that like, I am going to change. And so for me, the truth is, is I, I didn't have like, I mean, I had lots of things happen to me, but I never had like the, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's subjective. I have, I've definitely have had things that happened to me where it was like, yo, this seems really bad. But I think the last time, like the last couple of years, it wasn't like, it was one moment that was like, oh my gosh, this is like terrible rock bottom. I have to change now. It was kind of like, it was a slow burn of like, dude, I'm just finally tired of this now. So like, I'm going to change, but I would say that's super rare. It's super rare to one day just be like, I'm going to change now, you know? And I think oh, yeah. like, like I said, I think people, a lot of people are just in this comfortability of like, they don't have enough drive or enough purpose to really want to change. They don't have something driving them or they don't go through something hard enough where they're forced to change. So that middle ground is like the scariest place to be. And I think a lot of people are, are there. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, fear is always going to be a controller, right? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So let's, we'll kind of go back a little bit to my original question and we'll skip to the end. Okay. And what okay. piece of advice would you tell people who are in that same situation, who are floating in that middle ground of what am I supposed to do with my life? Everybody's looking for a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's hard for me to answer that question because I think just as God reveals himself to you, I feel like your purpose is revealed. So for me, like, yeah, my, you know, my, what I wanted and what I was passionate about was like music. Right. But the thing is, is my music was always tied to some like pain that I went through. So music to me was like, really just therapy to a song. And then I just got a lot of validation when I was younger of like, you're really good at this, like winning talent shows or, or stuff like that. And, um, 
you know, it was apparent that I had some talent when I was young that got validated very quickly. So that, that pushed me into being like, okay, well, I'm going to do this professionally because a lot of people agree that I should do this. Or like, I just got that validation. Um, but most of the songs that I wrote about were all just things I went through, you know, like I rarely had any, any happy songs. Um, and so, you know, I had old producers and some people be like, dude, you know, if you, if you wanted to make music, you would do music every day. And I was never a musician that like got up every day and worked on music. Some days I didn't. And, and I really did more write music when I was inspired. And, and obviously there's a balance when you're finishing stuff, obviously you have to work enough at it to finish stuff, regardless if you're inspired or not. But, um, but I've never been as inspired as I kind of am now. And so I say all that to say, even though that was my goal with music, um, and I feel like that's still a big part of my, my journey. I feel like my music is so emotive, just like when that guy sent it to you and you agreed, I feel like that, that is a big talent that God's given me. But I think my bigger talent, which music is a part of is communication. And I'm able to communicate a feeling through my voice. And whether that's when I'm singing or through a piece of music or through, you know, just speaking like I am right now. Um, but I think the greater mission, which I've realized, which didn't get revealed to me talking about purpose until I'm, yeah, like 33 was to help people find their purpose or to help musicians. I mean, basically if I, if I had to like really, you know, simply say what my purpose and what my goal is right now with, with sustainable creative and the things that I'm creating is if someone doesn't have a purpose, I want to help them figure out what it is. And then secondly, if they do have a purpose or a business, helping them formulate that into a cohesive brand identity and then help them turn that into a business, whether that's, you know, with content or figuring out what the offer actually is, whether they want to be a coach or whether it's whatever it is. So I think my, my greater mission is, is to help anybody like figure out what their purpose is. And if they have a purpose, like turn that into a business where they can help people, because here's, here's what I really feel. We are all here to serve someone in only the way that we can. And the only way that you can serve the people in the way that you're meant to is to realize what that talent or skill or ability is. And so to come around to answer that question, the best I think that I can is, it's interesting because I did, I, I figured out that I wanted to do music at 13, but sometimes it just, okay, I guess it's like a two-parter. If you don't know at all what, I guess if you don't know at all what you want to do or what your purpose is, um, I would say try a lot of things, right? Perfect. I think the main skills to learn in life are communication and sales. And and like and I would say like learn finance, like learn learn investments, learn how to manage your credit right, learn how to like do these really not sexy things, right? But I would say your if you don't know what you want to do is just try stuff. If you feel, if you feel called to do something, um, you know, or you want to buy an online course, like buy the course and take it and see how you feel. Um, but I think what I try to tell a lot of people is 
sit down one day and just write out like what you're good at. And, and, and even just like being sociable or having a conversation with someone or like, that's a skill. I think people don't realize. Yeah. I think people don't realize how many things that they have that are skills that people would gladly pay them for. No, I completely, I completely agree with you. And as someone who is still trying to discover their purpose, um, at 38 years old, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, like zero, but I'm trying everything that I can because there's something out there that I'm supposed to do. And it's kind of, it's silly. There's, do you know that book? I think it's called like the horse, the boy, the mole. Have you seen it? I don't know. Okay. I'll check it out. We'll have to look it up. But there's a part where they're going through the forest and there's like a storm. It's, I think, a snowstorm. And the boy's like, I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I can't see where I'm supposed to go. And the horse is like, can you see where to put your next step? And the boy says, yes. And so the horse says, then do that. And you just do the next thing. And for me, that was like a massive light bulb moment because I just had to do the next thing. I don't believe in a God that's going to abandon you and say, hope you figure it out. I was always given the tools in all the circumstances and all the things that have happened in my life. I've always been given tools to do the next thing. It may not be the next greatest thing, but it's a step. And as long as I think people are taking steps, as long as you can see the next step, you're moving in a direction. And if you're moving, you're not stagnant. When people are stagnant and they're stale, that's when nothing happens. And that's when you start, you you fall into that comfort and that complacency of life and you don't do anything. You have no purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Movement is the catalyst to any kind of change. Like at some point you need to, I mean, I think awareness is the first step, but then the second is movement, which is action. Um, and I, I, you know, one of my favorite entrepreneurs is Myron Golden, um, he teaches everything from Bible principles or from, uh, yeah, from biblical principles. And, you know, he says the the Bible is an action book. It's a book of action. You know, it's not just a book of, of knowledge. And I think that's the same way with learning anything, whether you read a book or you're reading the Bible or you, you have some piece of thing that you find helpful. It's not even knowledge and it's not even helpful until you apply that thing. And the only way that you apply that thing is with movement and with action. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to say with that is when you pick something, um, or you decide on a, on a particular thing, whatever that is, it is in your absolute best interest to pay. And usually it's going to be with money to learn from the person who already has what you want or reading a book. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it's any, um, it's probably obvious that I don't agree with college and a lot of things about this standard way that, um, our world works, but people are willing to spend, um, I mean, you sometimes it's not their money. Sometimes it's their parents' money, but people are willing to spend whatever college costs, mm-hmm. um, to have skills, basically learn a bunch of stuff that they never use in their life. So I would say for anybody who actually wants to find their purpose or make a business or, or, cause here's the thing. If, 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 
to just go like escape the matrix andrew tate vibes for a second um if you don't learn how to make a business and you don't learn how to invest in yourself you are going to be a slave to this world and if you don't learn how to yes. like do the right things and manage your money um you are going to be caught in a rat race and you are going to be living paycheck to paycheck for the rest of your life so the people who can teach you how to get out of that are not teachers in college they are independent entrepreneurs that are on the internet and so pay to take courses pay for mentorship pay to get around the people that um can teach you those things and to come back to the the circle surround yourself with people who are going to push you yes. and hold you accountable yes. um because the wrong people are going to pull you down it's so much easier to pull you down you know i i was looking at it as like if you're just sitting at a table and everyone's overweight at the table and someone orders cake you know they're going to be like hey try a piece hey wow you don't want to try a piece come on like try a piece of this cake right you know you want to you know you want to you know you want to right and then if you physically look at just the act of pulling someone down it's so much easier to pull someone down and people want to pull you down to their level so that they feel better about themselves and that exactly. is the entire existence that we live in so you need to surround yourself with people who are are willing and want to pull you up there's only a very small number of people who actually want to see you succeed very very small yeah. which is unfortunate yeah. And you're right, you know, hang out with the people who have wisdom. You know, in this day and age, there's not a lot that we are discovering. There's not a new way. There's not always a, you know, a crazy new way to do something. But to hang around the people who have that knowledge and can help you and push you in that direction, I think that speaks volumes for an individual and their maturity level. You know, rather than yeah. saying, I'm just going to go off the beaten path and figure out the hard way, it's not always going to work. Not always. I, I think the caveat is is that you you <laughs> if you don't have that circle that you can find, you are going to have to pay for it. Whether you have to pay to be in a mastermind group or have to pay to be in someone's program, like... Well, it's going to end up paying for no itself. In the long run. Well, yeah, I'm just saying like, look, if you can't, if you don't, <laughs> this is just the truth. If you can't find the people that are the good people, like you need to go pay for it. And I feel like another thing I want to tell everybody is you need to remember what money is actually good for. And this is kind of like almost something I say on sales calls sometimes with artists and, and people is, you know, payday for most people is not payday. It's transfer day right? You just get paid and then you pay all your bills. So the best thing that you can spend money on is education, coaching, and mentorship, right? Because the education, the coaching, the mentorship, and the skills and the connections that you make, those are priceless things that no one can take from you. Like if you lose literally everything, but you have the skills, the business skills, the networking skills to, um, to know how to, to build that stuff, then no matter what happens to you, you have the skills to be able to do that again. So the best thing that anyone can spend their, their money on is education. And I just want to remind everyone too, the reason why the ultra rich and the wealthy people are that way is because of information, right? How to manage your money, how to set up your business the right way. It's like 
it's not that they and yes they have a, a close circle and the other thing i want to say is like um you gotta team up with people who are in the same mindset as you like for me i, I try to only partner with people who are strong christian individuals because here's the thing whether you think the ultra rich are evil or not like all the people at the top they're all doing business together Okay, so yeah. if we don't team up as the people who aren't at their level, how can we expect to do anything? And the last thing I'll say is like, there is enough money to go around for everyone. I think the scarcity mindset that's been put into us, where there's not enough of whatever, is a lie. And that's just one of the many lies that have been propagated to us for the last, you know, how many years by yeah. culture and the government. But the thing is, is like, you have to team up, you have to partner with people, you have to like, go meet the right people you have to, to pay to invest in in programs and communities because um if not like good luck and i don't believe yeah. in luck but no good luck. but you're you know you're really setting yourself up for failure if you don't because you're putting yourself on an island and who's going to come find you if you're on an island you know you're right strength is in numbers so if you are working collectively with people who have the same mindset who have the same goals and working toward this this purpose there's no reason why you're not going to get somewhere it's not possible yeah. you are going to get yeah. somewhere or you're going to be pushed into another avenue of this is what i really want to do but again it goes back to being stagnant or if you you know sit your ass in college and go i'm i'm learning a bunch of stuff you're not going to get anywhere you know not um the same as being in a musical career but i look at my own personal career and I, three years ago, started at absolutely ground zero and in three years have worked my way up to from working for a private individual to a corporation where I now control logistics of the Pacific Northwest. So I don't have a college education and I didn't know anything about agriculture other than I grew up on a farm. That doesn't mean I know anything but you apply yourself. I had to apply myself. I liked what I did. I wanted to learn. I took classes. I hung out with people who could teach me things. Most of the time they were crusty old guys, but <laughs> you know what? They taught me a wealth of information. You find yeah. your people. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. It's, if it's meant to be, as, this is a bad saying. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. If it's meant to be, it will happen if you put the work in, right? Yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I, I agree with that, but I also feel like you have to also will it to be, right? So I think, you know, my life, I feel like only really started to materialize in the right way once I was just obedient to what I was feeling and the... I mean, I think just on a, on a really simple level, I started to just be obedient to what I knew was the right thing to do. And then that kind of led me also into what the right path and purpose was, which is what God had planned a long time ago for me. Um, but you still have to like do the work. And I oh, think it's yeah. interesting. It's like, you should work like your life depends on it, but you should know it depends on him. That's a good way to put that. That's very yeah. deep. Good job, Zach. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's it. That's literally it. Like work like your life depends on it, but know that it depends on him. Yeah. And so, okay. 
So if you're working like that and you're, you know, putting forth all this effort and all this stuff, what do you expect to feel in return? What is the reward um, that you, we can talk all day about rewards in heaven, but what kind of reward yeah. are you expecting on earth other than money? Well, okay. So let's actually just talk about the word expect or expectation. So having faith means having expectation. So let's just say that for a second. So basically in the Bible, there are a lot of conditional promises, right? If you do this, you'll get that, right? So I think I'm just going to kind of tell a story. Um, I love stories. That happened to my, my buddy, Sam. So my buddy, Sam was at some kind of event and he started um, praying for this guy. And um, basically like nothing was happening, nothing was happening, nothing was happening. And um, like, there was just a couple of times where he, he kind of lost hope or wasn't sure. And, and it was only through like continuing to like have patience and like ask questions that he felt God was, was, you know, putting in his heart. And it took a long time. It took like this process of listening for him to finally get to the point where he prayed. And, and actually this guy got healed, like his like hearing came back. And when he was talking to me about this, it was like, there is this process of waiting and and staying in the presence and like trusting and having this this faith and it's not the faith of like this is going to happen when when i think it should happen it's the process of like knowing and i mean there was a even uh in my my men's group last night and even at the uh um at church um we were watching l last night this john bevere um like video and you know the two people in the bible when jesus is um you know he heals people is because like they just had this this unwavering faith and and he he asked everybody like what's the part of the bible where G what who's the people in the bible that like jesus is the most frustrated with you know and first off our mind goes to like the pharisees who are hypocrites but the real answer is the people who had like their faith wasn't strong and there's multiple times in the bible where he goes like <laughs> the israelites um, yeah he's like you know why do you have such little faith and he says that to peter he says that to a, to a couple people right like you have you have such little faith right and then you notice the people who like really get healed like the woman's daughter and and the centurion guard like the centurion guard is is probably one of the coolest ones and and he he it's where he he says to the guy, like, I've never seen such strong faith. And basically what, what happens is the guard comes up to Jesus and he's like, I need you to heal my, my son or daughter who's at home. Daughter. And um, yeah. And, and, and Jesus goes like, I'll, I'll come there. And basically what the, uh, the guard says is like, when my, when I give my guards a command, they do it. And he basically says to Jesus, like, you don't have to go there. If you just say it will be done, it will be done right relying solely then, on just his words that's it and then he goes he's like that's exactly that's actually exactly it and so when he said when he's like well i've never seen such great faith right then he's like it is done like they're healed right so the thing is for 
for God to really move in our life and to really, um, it's, it's only after it's not like, you know, you, it's, it's not that you have to see it and then you'll have faith. It's like, no, things will only happen once you have that unwavering faith. And to come back to, uh, the word expectation, that's what faith is. Faith is true expectation in the same way as like, um, you know, tomorrow's Christmas, you know, you're going to get presents. And, and the, the, the only caveat to that is like, God's will is not always exactly what you think it's going to be. And the truth is, it's like, it's not everyone. Never, is it's never going to be. Well, God, um, God only asks you to have as much faith as a mustard seed. Right. But why is that so hard for us? Because we want to see it. We don't want to just have that faith. We don't want to think that, well, oh, maybe this could happen. I know it could happen. We want to see it. We want to touch it. We want something that's tangible. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's he, I don't know if it's, he only says that we have to have faith as a mustard seed, but I think the point is like the faith of a mustard seed, even if that's the amount of faith that you do have, like that is enough. Right. I don't know if it's like a, um, a requirement or it's if it's mandatory. like, that's, that's, that's enough, you know? But I think the point is like, not until you have that faith of expectation does, can he actually really work in your life? And so you have to change from like hoping to knowing. And I think that's hard for people. And I, and I think when you say, Oh, I hope this happens. What you're really saying to yourself is like, um, there's a little bit of doubt that it, it might not. And so like, regardless of what the outcome is of, of what's really supposed to happen or really what does happen, I think hope is great, but the knowing that um, having that un unwavering faith and switching from like, I know this. And I think it, it's kind of funny because there's a dichotomy there. It's like, I think one of the most, um, the worst sentences you can say is I know. And a lot of people say all the time, like, oh, I know, I know, I know. It's like, you shouldn't yeah. say that. You should say like, tell me more. I want to learn more about that. And, and I'm a different person, even though I'm hearing the same information, um, you know, maybe I get something else from it. But in terms of like knowing God's faithfulness, I think that's it. And I think one of the questions we had to answer last night was tell me a time where God came through. And so if you really think about in your life all the time, that's God's come through. And I have so many times it's like, why don't we bring that with us into the next situation? It's like God's brought us through so many things. And so why are we still in the state of like doubt or hopefulness, knowing that he's like, he's done so much stuff for us in the past? Because we forget. Yeah. Always. For sure. I mean, yeah. you know, and people, society says, oh, we're, you know, more sinful than we've ever been or whatever. But if you look at history, and you look at the Israelites, how stupid they were. You look at Sodom and Gomorrah. You could all these stories of people being worst of the worst. It's it's just history repeats itself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think if we don't learn from the lessons of the past, we are bound to repeat them. No. Always. And that's on an individual level, too. Yeah. Always. Okay, so one last question I have for you, and that yeah. is, how would someone describe your character? And if they were giving your eulogy, how would they describe you? Wow. 
<laughs> I told you none um, of these would be easy. Well, it's interesting. It's like, I mean, I've, I've gone through lots of trials with a lot of people lately in my life. So it's like immediately I'm like thinking like what some people who don't like me would say, like, that's where my mind went immediately. What do you want people to say about your character? Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, I would say that I'm caring. I'm very myself regardless of the, regardless of the impact of whoever, like I'm, I'm pretty unapologetically myself, um, that I'm caring. I'm definitely sensitive. And, um, yeah, I mean, I love, I love people. I love talking to people and I do whether, you know, some people in the past don't agree with this, maybe people that were close to me, like I generally do want the best for people and I do want to help people. I think we all struggle with, um, our own life and, you know, um, doing things that maybe other people can, um, would see as selfish. But I think at the end of the day, if I really, really look at everything I'm, I'm doing, especially now it's, it's so I can get to a place where I can really help people. And I think there's also like, I feel like I'm going off the boat with this last question, but I think everyone is always going to have an opinion of you. And, and here's the thing about brand, like your brand as a person is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Right. Yes. And, but I also think this, I also think we spend most of our life alone inside of our head. So I'm almost kind of just having this epiphany as I say this. Um, I think what you say about yourself and how you feel about your own actions, because here's the thing is like real integrity in your life is doing the right thing when no one is looking. And so I don't know. I mean, I feel like I went off the rails on this question, but it made me think about this. It made me think about what we do that no one sees, because there's going to be so much about life that people don't see. Right. And I think there's also a lot of people who maybe they die and people have good things to say about them, but maybe what they did in the shadows when no one looked, when no one was looking was terrible and you would just never know. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know if I answered your question, but that's literally what I, I don't no. even know. That's where no, I and you're, you <laughs> are, you're completely right. And I love that because that's something that I try to say a lot. And I say it to my kids, you you know, we put the grocery cart away because it's the right thing to do. You know, even if we're yeah. parked way out in Timbuktu and there's nobody around, you put it back. You always put it back and you always do the right thing when no human is watching because God is always watching you. And yeah. all, we know that God is not going to, I don't want to say judge us because we are, there's an end times judgment, but making the right decision all the time will inevitably lead you to an ultimate decision when it matters. When the time comes and you are forced to make some sort of a big decision, the whole time leading up to that, if you are always making the right decision and making right choices, you're going to choose the right thing. You're going to be a person with morals, with integrity, with honor, somebody who has values and I think that when you don't think people are looking, 
they are looking. People always see. And at the end of my life, that's the legacy that I want to leave, is that I did the right thing. I did the right thing every time to the best of my ability. I want to leave the world a better place than when I found it. And I don't know what that looks like. And I think you have a good path of what that looks like for you. But maybe that's not where you're going to be in 10 years or 20 years. Yeah, I think I just hope, um, and there's that word. I hope hope that uh, when, I know, I'm just, you know, (laughs) I I think if I could just kind of answer that again is like, yes, that I have a huge heart. I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I generally want the best for everybody. And I want to really try to help people live their dream and their passion. And I think, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So I have this brand identity blueprint that I have all my artists fill out. And I, the first two parts of that are what is my why and who am I? And those things I could go on, that could go on my gravestone. So it's hard to, it's hard to like summarize that, but I just want to be known as someone who genuinely wanted the best for people and who tried to help other people find their purpose and help others, you know? Yeah. I think that's wonderful. I don't think you should ask for any more than that. Cause truly at yeah. the end of the day, at the end of your life, nobody's going and I to made be, some, and I made some pretty, pretty, uh, okay songs. You made some okay songs that people may or may not remember. <laughs> uh, but at the end of your life, you're not going to go, damn, I really wish that I spent more time on Instagram or I did this or that. you're always going to wish that you spent more time with the people that you love. People are at the core of everything that we do. And if you're leaving that legacy of being a good person, and I use the word good, you know, sort of vaguely, because I think we all have our own idea of what good is. But if you're being a good person and a faithful person, that's that's the bulk of our human life. Yeah. But why is it so hard? <laughs> it's like sometimes it's impossible. Yeah, I don't know if it's it's not really as much about being perfect. I think it's um, you know, and that's where Jesus, you know, comes in is like we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And actually a verse I wanted to bring up earlier um about what it means to me to like have a really real relationship with God is Romans 12 two, which is do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's, that's a very, very real, popular youth group verse. Yeah. But <laughs> if you, if you break down what that really means, it's like, it's so much deeper. It's so deep. And it's like, you know, cause I feel like when I talk to people who, who aren't, don't live in the spirit it's like they just look at like oh man how could you not do these things it's like like what a lame life i have that i'm like following these rules and that's not what it's actually like it's like living in accordance with with god and what's in the bible is like my mind's renewed i don't even crave all the things that the world craves i'm not like living my life feeling like oh man i'm missing out like I don't feel that anymore. And I think that's the difference between religion and relationship with God and 
And so in terms of like what you were saying about good and, and perfection, it's, it's, um, it's not about being perfect and we're all going to mess up from time to time. But I think it's, it's living in a way where when you do mess up, you're actually sorry and you actually change or you try to change. And, and when you even think about the word repent, repent just needs to change your mind, it actually needs to cut off. Um, um, or sorry, no, sorry, decide means to cut off. Um, and so like with the word repent and, and change is like, you are changing your mind. You know, I feel like people, people think repent is some like crazy thing. It just means to change your mind. And so to think about like being good is to learn from your mistakes, to really be sorry when you are wrong and to try to grow and get better. And then I think ultimately good to me is doing your absolute best to be a reflection of what God truly is. And because there are so many Christians and, and people who say that they're religious or believe in God in this world that are the worst representation of what that really is. Um, and then I think the ultimate thing is this, is we are here to serve. Jesus is the King of Kings, but he's also the servant King. So to come maybe tie a bow on this whole conversation is without getting, you know, I mean, there's so many rabbit holes we could have or didn't go down or whatever, but I just want to, (laughs) yeah, I just want to say this, like the purpose of life to me is to serve others. And so you are here on this earth with certain skills your purpose may be revealed to you. I don't know when, but the thing is, is your mindset should always be, how can I help other people? And I think a lot of people are, um, you know, there's someone in my life where it's like, oh yeah, I want to help, I want to help homeless people. I want to like feed the homeless. And that's great. You know, but the thing is, is maybe you are not meant to just feed homeless people. Maybe you're meant to, you know, use some skill set to minister to someone in a different way. And so you got to figure out like what you're good at and where your skills are and how you can help other people. And that may not just be like helping homeless people or feeding the poor or whatever it is. So um, at the end of the day, like I said, your mission, everyone's mission is to serve others. And that is usually by creating some kind of business and working in accordance with the skills and the talents that, that you have in a way where you can help others. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what I've done with, I mean, it, even when I think about music, it's like the music came from a, a place of, of something deep inside of me. But at the end of the day, like when someone listens to my song, it's helping them. Like they're feeling of whatever, you know, hopefully better when they listen to it. And so know, my entire life. I felt worse. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, and dude, it's funny. I was talking to an artist today who's also a server at a restaurant, which is what was my job. And it's just also interesting to think that I was a server for so long and I never call myself a waiter. Um, but yeah, anyways, you're not waiting on people. You're serving them. They're serving them. Yeah. No, 100%. I agree with that because, you know, I have the same mindset that, you know, we are put here to serve in some shape or form, no matter how that looks, no matter what people's religious beliefs are, serving is what brings us the most joy. And that goes across the board. People have always said I was the most happy when I was doing something for somebody else. Yeah. Not being a doormat, not being a people pleaser. 
Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, this is really important. Okay. So serving someone includes mm -hmm. being paid money to serve them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a really, really important distinction I really like think needs to be said. So when like I think there's charitable things that we can do, but when I say we're here to serve someone, it doesn't mean just give away everything for free. Like no. And here's the other thing I want to say is like sometimes, most of the time, actually, when you're offering a service to someone, the more that they pay for that service, the more you're actually helping them. Because like, if there's a course or a coaching program that doesn't really cost very much money, there's nothing invested into it from their side. And so like my price for my, you know, coaching and course, it's not cheap. But the reason why it's not cheap is one, because I know the value that I have to offer someone, but two, because unless someone has enough stake in something, they're not going to take the steps to actually do it. They're not going to take it seriously. Yeah. So that's like really important distinction in terms of like, you know, maybe people listening to this are like, oh, I just need to help people for free. And that's like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to find something that, you know, someone wants, can learn or a skill that you have, but charge them like money for that because well, yeah. charging them money for that values your time. And it also like, it helps them. And I think that's the more, most important thing to understand is like, you should charge what your value is. And okay. That, I know we're kind of going long now, but now I just have to say this. Okay. <laughs> this is really important. This is one, this is one of like the most important things I learned lately about brand okay. and shout out to Chris, Chris Doe. Uh, he's one of my favorites in terms of the personal branding stuff, but um, he basically says that brand is simply preference and willingness to pay a premium. And so what I mean by that is this, you know, you think about all these luxury brands, whatever it is, you know, some t-shirts are like a thousand dollars for a t-shirt. Okay. And, and, you know, without the brand on it, maybe the t-shirt is 50 bucks, right? The right. reason why people are willing to pay a premium for a t-shirt or a service from someone is because they just prefer that brand. They like the story associated with the brand or they like that person. Okay. So for me, like I don't even look at what anyone else is charging for one-on-one -on -one coaching or my masterclass services because it doesn't matter. Like People are just going to like Zach Gray and be willing to pay whatever the price is because they just want to work with me, right? So yeah. if and if you compete on price, you have to be Walmart, right? Because then you're selling yourself short. Then you're the same as everybody else. Yeah. Then people so, so people I guess are going to price shop you and go, well, I guess I'll go with Zach because yeah. he's fifty dollars cheaper. Yeah. So I mean, to anyone listening to this who has a business, um, you should probably be charging probably at least two to three times more than you're charging now. Well, you have to it, value yourself. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I've just noticed lately, like people have such an issue with price. Like most people are charging so less than, than what, um, well, they because, value themselves and their time. Here's my thing about time. And I yeah, dude. is time is something you can't make more of and you don't get it back. So what is your That's time right. worth? Yeah, exactly. My time is a worth lot a lot. Most... Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, oh, and I was going to say, not to cut you off, but I am going to cut no, you no, off. <laughs> is yeah, that, is, um, there's a guy, and I think he's a professor. And I, for the life of me, of course, his name 
escapes me. But he was talking to this group of college students, whatever, and he's like, you know, you say your purpose in life is to feed the starving babies in Africa, and that's so great, but how are you going to get the money to do it? You know, you want to do all these good things for people, but you have to have money to do that. And it takes me back to when I was a kid and I remember my dad because I was like, I want to be a missionary when I grow up. And my dad's like, you'd be terrible, which is so rude. But um, he said, you know, he had wanted to be a missionary and realized like that was not the job for him. His job was to financially support them. Some people have to go and do and some people foot the bills so those people can go and do. And my dad's like, that's my job. That's what my purpose is here at this church is to make sure other people go and do, I pay for that. Yeah. You know, he made money so that he could serve in that way. You know, if you want to help starving babies in Africa, you have to make money. Where are you going to get food from? People are going to donate it. No freaking way. Yeah. You have to make money. What were you going to say? I cut you off. Uh, I don't even know, but, um, (laughs) but yes, like, you know, and, and that's the thing too. I feel like just, you know, even in Christian culture and, and, you know, there's a lot of like, there's honor in being poor, but that's not true. That's all a lie. I that's mean, a lie. There's the, the word rich is used so many times in the Bible. I mean, the reason, you know, gold is mentioned in Genesis like eight times and, you know, it's always in association with God's people. And so God does not, you know, like, like Myron Golden says, God does not want you to be broke as a joke, ready to choke. So there is no honor in being broke and not being able to support your family and living paycheck to, to paycheck. So no, exactly. um, that is also someone like if anyone's listening to this and like any part of that, like go listen to Myron Golden. Um, he's, he will teach you how to make money and how to like get rich. And a lot of things that I've learned have come from him. Um, but yeah, to anyone out there listening, like learn entrepreneurial skills, learn business skills, learn sales skills, learn credit stuff, learn funding. Like there's so many things that can help you. And if you really want to help the world, figure out how to create some kind of service where you can generate a lot of money. And so when there's so many tools out there, right? There's so many things that are available to us now. YouTube Academy. (laughs) Right. Why wouldn't people is a great question. I think, well, dude, I think one is, um, yeah, I don't know. Why wouldn't people? It's great. I mean, uh, but you could dude, learn a new skill. Know. You can do whatever. And like, that's why I said YouTube Academy, because you're laughing at me yes. when I, when I, <laughs> when I don't do yeah. things, but it's true, right? If I put forth that effort and I learned a new skill or I learned how to actually put my equipment together myself, um, I don't have to rely on other people. And that I think everyone should have that goal of being self-sufficient if you're a capable individual, I'm capable. I'm just yeah. lazy. I think the question is why, 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 why would you want to do all these things? And I think that's the problem that people don't, why people don't do anything is because they don't have a why. Like, why should I have a lot of money or why should I learn this? Like, um, people are just so like our whole culture is set up to just, keep you in a state of like entertainment and comfort. So you, you, I mean, that's a whole rabbit hole in itself, but um, <laughs> yeah, all the, all the, the, listen, all the information is out there, but um, everyone's not a millionaire. And so why is that? 
Why is not everyone a millionaire? Because society won't let you be. And I say society as a whole, because if we were all millionaires, there's no price value in anything. You, you, know, you can't fluctuate prices in anything. They're not going to slaughter 100,000 head of cattle to change the price on it because we can afford everything. I don't know if society, it's, it's, did you say that society won't let that happen? Is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, like, as I mean, society as you could say society, you could say government, you could say whatever. They're not going to let everyone reap the benefits. It doesn't well, but the keep truth people is, is in anyone, fear any, bracket. The truth is, is like anybody can be a millionaire. No, they could, but they don't want to put forth the work and the effort. And so you're told that unless you come from a place of privilege or go to a prestigious school, you aren't going to yeah. be a millionaire. Yeah. No, I mean, they keep people where they want them at an easy level of fear because people are easy to control. And that's a whole nother thing we could go down. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's true. People are just afraid. If you get to the, like the nitty gritty of it, people are afraid to do something new. They're afraid to do something that's hard and challenging and something they've never done before because what if they mess up? What if they mess up? What if people laugh at them? They're afraid of what people think. Maybe they lose everything. But well, the thing is, is like there's some there's so many people who have jobs um, working for a company for you know, 30 years, they get laid off and they have their pension goes away. And so there's, there, there's risk in both things. And so, yeah, I just feel like there's so many people who are just working a job waiting to retire. But the thing is, is like, if you wait to retire, to live your life, you don't even have the energy to like, do what's actually fun. No, you won't enjoy it. Yeah. And that's, I it's get ridiculed all the time for me going on my trips. Um, when I have two kids to take care of, you know, I'm yeah. a single mom. How dare I enjoy something by myself? But what people don't know is that's what I work for. I am not, yep. you know, I told my kids, you're going to get a scholarship if you want to go to school or you can work. And I take my kids as many places as I can because those are memories that we have. I mean, we've, we went to Yellowstone. We went to, you know, the West Coast. We've been to Utah. We've been all these places. And my kids are like, we love traveling. We love doing it. That's our thing. And I work to enjoy my life. No matter what people are going to say to me, and it's always going to be something awful, I don't care. I'm really happy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I won't have any energy when I'm 65 years old. You know, my parents have only started traveling now, and it's like they go on one trip and they're done. Yep. So that's, yeah. To everybody, get off your ass. Do something with your life. Make, (laughs) Make money. Make money and work hard. Go see something. Go outside. Yeah. So with that, Zach, I super appreciate you coming onto the show today, spending all this time with me, kind of getting down to know who exactly that you are 
outside of just the business, it's you as a person. And I do not so secretly hope that you put out more music soon. Please. I will. I will. <laughs> and it doesn't have it's, to be sad. Yeah. I'll just say, um, there is music, there will be music coming. A part of what I'm doing right now is like part of my healing and, and helping other artists. But another part is generating enough business and income where I don't have to ever worry about my music making money. Not that I don't think it can, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I have a lot more fulfillment in helping others right now than focusing on my own music, but I think my best music is still to come. That's very encouraging. Yeah. Is it going to be EDM? I don't know. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> I'm seriously so excited. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's definitely, it, it, there definitely will be some that is, uh, I I've also thought of like making an entire like house record, like a house album, like kind of oh, like yeah. Rufus style or something like that. Um, that would be so amazing. Yeah. So I'm going, my to studio is, is yeah, my studio, uh, I have, I started to put things in another room that will eventually be my studio. So that's like on the list of projects coming up. Um, but yeah, but if anyone, um, who's listening to this podcast is a musician and needs help with their career, um, I have masterclass every month. I'm about to launch a community. I work with artists one-on-one, -on -one, though I'm only taking on a couple other artists at the moment. Um, yeah, um, work hard, but also work smart. Surround yourself with the right people. And that's how you get there. And then look forward to more Zach Gray music, maybe folk album, maybe a country album, maybe Rufus to Soul house album, maybe... Um, more band stuff. Did you listen to that old my old band's music yet? Yes, that of I put course I did. You did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I told you it what gave you me like 90s vibes and I really liked that. Yeah. Dude, I, I actually this year I, I'm actually gonna probably have a reunion show in Sacramento where I'm from with that with that music. So that'd be fun. I want to make a documentary about that, actually. Okay. I'm down. That Let's would see. be amazing. Let yeah. me know when yeah. you do your show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to make fantastic. it a bit, dude. I, I have, I have a guy who like, who, who's in Sacramento who like, um, does a bunch of concerts and stuff that I think is going to help me put it together. So. Perfect. Well, we're all looking forward to that then. Yay. I'll, yeah, me too. I'll be Seems your cool. DJ on the side because I'll, by then I'll know all about my equipment. So you can ask me any question. I'll know. Sweet. We'll be like Incubus <laughs> and you'll be, the, you'll be the DJ. Yes. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay. With that, Zach, have a wonderful evening. To everyone else, I will talk to you later. See you guys.